And now on Tucson Business Radio, let's find out how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise with your host, Karen Fisher. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Karen Fisher. I am your hostess of the podcast, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. We are broadcasting remotely from both Tucson, Arizona, as well as Chicago, Illinois, the miracles of technology. So um, I have a very, very amazing and special guest with me today. Her name is Catherine Okora. Am I saying it right? It's Okoro, but that was really, really good. Okay, pretty good. (laughs) It's hard. You know, Fisher's not so bad, but my main name was McIntyre, and I got McKintree and everything else. It was always pretty wild. So um, so, um, listeners, what I want to share with you, the reason why I have Catherine on the show today, she was actually featured in a a trade journal of Mortgage Professional uh, America, and it was just a really compelling article where they had done an interview on you. And it was basically, you uh, talked about turning a turn down mm-hmm. into a triumph. So yes. um, please, and, and welcome, please share a little bit about what had happened in your history and, and why you are so passionate about what you're doing right now. Well, um, you're gonna, I don't know if you have one of those little clock things. I know we're having like a conversation, like we're just on the phone. So I have to, you know, let me know and say, you know, hurry up with that point. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but um, I, like a lot of other people, wanted to buy my first home. I, I kind of met the check boxes, right? I had a job. I graduated, no, I graduated from college. I had got a good job. And so now it was time to buy my first house. I was a single professional and I was ready to take on the world. And as a black woman from the west side of Chicago, um, there wasn't a lot of financial talk or anything like that. You know, just like everybody here today, I was around my peers and we were talking and you just learn what's happening and what's going on. That was the way it's like the chatterbox you learn. And so I thought it's time to buy, it's time to buy my first property. And I had a roommate. And so my roommate and I said, you know what, we should buy a two flat. You live on one floor or we could live together and we could have somebody pay our rent. I mean, pay the rent and they would basically be paying our mortgage. So we're all excited. We've got these plans. I go to somebody that I know actually, who is a, um, a mortgage uh, broker of somebody from college. And I said, Hey, you know, I make this amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. What do I need to do? So he pulls my credit report and um, he, and he kind of says, Hey, I'm gonna have to give you a call back. Oh, okay. No problem. So a day went by, two days went by, uh, three days went by. And then I was like, maybe I should send him an email. So, you know, I sent an email, hey, I just want to check in, you know. And then the longer, the short of it was, um, I chased him down for about two and a half months. <laughs> two and a so half months, now, okay. Yeah, so now that I'm a lender, obviously that means that, you know, he needed to go do some loans <laughs> and not kind of, you know, whatever. But um, I felt very discouraged. And, uh, but I'm, I'm always a very proactive person. So if something isn't going the way I want it to go, much like you, Karen, I pray, you know, I pray. I'm like, I don't know who to call because I can't reach him. I checked out with a few other people and honestly, I got the same response. I, I just was not that qualified ready buyer. And so I was not the priority and I get that, right? He's a professional, you know, he has things, you know, he has to do loans and I'm just not ready. But for me as the person on that, I felt very, I felt very deflated. And when was that turned down? I know you've been a loan officer for a long time. So how long ago was that? Because this is important for people here. That was 20, about 22 years ago. 
22 years ago. So that, that, so, and that I love that where you're saying turning that, 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 um, turned down into a triumph, you know, yeah. so that the fact that somebody, uh, and then you realize, and so part of it, as far as your very nature is that you're detail oriented and you want to know why you've got to be, um, from a standpoint, that quest for knowledge, like really yeah. that quest for knowledge. Yeah. And so, so the rest of the story is so that. You, oh, well, and in you your profession before you were not a, just for clarity. I was a listeners. recruiter. You I was a recruiter. recruiter. Okay. I was a recruiter. So guys, so whoever is over listening to this conversation, I was not in the industry. I was not a, 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 a wannabe real estate broker or a real estate mogul of any kind. I was just somebody who felt like it was my time to own a home. Your time to own That's a it. home. Yeah. That's it. That's, I had no other agenda, no other whatever. So, and you guys probably don't know this, those of you who are listening in. So Karen asked me if it was okay if we prayed a little bit before we got started. And I couldn't be more elated that she asked that because to be quite honest with you, when I felt so deflated, I was I was deflated to the point of tears. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I don't plan to cry. I'm not super emotional, but when things touch my heart, they just do. So I just remember how it made me feel and it drove me to change and it drove me to do something different. And so I went about like on a quest and I rem and I prayed, I prayed, God, if you just, I, I felt like, I was out wandering and I needed to find some direction and I didn't know where to go. So I, I didn't know. Yeah. And you didn't know where to go. So let's talk about a couple of things. So what was, what did you find out that you had learned from either your peers or your coworkers or perhaps your family? Mm -hmm. What were some of the mistakes that you made? Like what were some oh things my that gosh. happened that you didn't know? Like you didn't know what was happening. Oh my God. So you want a list of what I didn't know? Okay. Oh. So what I, what <laughs> it's, I didn't it's probably know, lined up with mine. <laughs> right, exactly. What I didn't know was that a credit score, I, I, I didn't know anything about credit. I didn't even know I had a credit score. I didn't know that I, I had a bank account and the bank was wrong about something and I got upset with the bank and I left the bank. But what I didn't know is the bank reported me to this thing called check systems. And I didn't find out about check systems until I got this credit well, report. Well, explain to our listeners what check systems are, because some oh, people so, don't know. Oh, so check systems is like the bad banking people kind of place, you know, where, hey, don't don't let this person get an account because they will owe you money and not pay you. That's what that, like, it's like a registry for people who have had bad accounts. Well, I was one of those people. I was on this list and I didn't even know it. The bank made a mistake with me and I left. And that's a big mistake that people make today is that when you're done wrong, you just go someplace else, but you don't clean up whatever it was. You don't yes, resolve. Yeah. It. And, I, and so, I think that's really, really important. One of the key things that we talk about with regards to credit, and this is super important for our listeners to say, is that by law, the credit reporting agencies and also with your creditors of any kind, so the banks or whatever, the law states in its little tiny print that all disputes must be in writing. So you get called, I, you know, I have a very common last name and we have had our identity stolen. We've actually had, um, through, uh, the, uh, we're not a hundred percent sure, but guesstimating that it's through the IRS data breach that happened a few years ago. We had faults. My husband and I had faults 
other state returns using correct personal information. One was a state of Oklahoma, one was state of California tax returns that, and it was identity theft. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they say, well, I got a call from this collection agency and I told them that this wasn't my debt. Yep. And so all disputes must be in writing. And so when you left your institution, because they made a mistake, but I tell, and I've said this to people, I said, your credit score, you, whether you have a great credit score or not, has nothing to do with paying your bills on time. People were like, what? Right. Yeah. I said, no, it's whatever the computer says about you. So if the yeah. computer says you're late, you were late. Right. And in a particular case that I had, I had a client uh, many, many years ago who was getting coming in to get pre-qualified. You'll love this story. She's coming in to get pre-qualified. And I pull up her credit report and it says she's deceased. Oh, she's wow. deceased. And she- Like, I'm right here. <laughs> she, thank goodness she had a sense of humor. I'll never forget. She goes, well, actually I, I feel quite fine. Um, and I don't remember the wake. So, you know, and, and listeners, I want to share with you this. She always paid her bills on time. So it wasn't like she knew. And she was a judge here in town. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, we're coming up on Easter and I like to say, look, it took God three days to raise Jesus from the dead, but to raise my client from the credit reporting system from the dead, it took six weeks. So mm -hmm. even if you have perfect credit, if you're thinking about buying or even thinking about refinancing, it's, it's pretty important to start that process early. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure you would agree as well. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, okay. I'm so glad you said, I'm glad you said that because I think one of the things that a lot of people don't do, which I, which is what I learned, of course, is that you need to plan ahead. Like when I decided I want to buy, then I just called the lender and I was ready to go. But really what that let me know is that that was actually my time to start planning that yes. now I think when people are in touch with a lender, I think the one you have to find a lender, Karen, because I'm sure you're like this, which is why we're even doing this show, yes. having this conversation is because you, you are somebody who cares and you want to help people to kind of figure it out, right? Yes. But a lot of lenders just don't have time for folks that were like me. No, so, yeah, you know, they don't, that's not a, that's not our job. Like it's, it, and I, I hate things like I'm busy and it's not my job. I hate that. Like if I go to a store, I hate when somebody says that's not my job, yeah. but I get it. Right. Because lenders have, you know, thousands and thousands of, of pages of guidelines that are going through and they're looking at things. And then you've got not one client, but maybe 15 or 20 at one time. And, you know, and it's ongoing the entire year. So then when you, the me now, right. Calls, I would suggest when people do that, they should immediately start out saying, I need a plan. I know I'm not ready today. I want to respect your time, but I really need someone like you with the expertise that you have to tell me what I need to do so that I can become a homeowner. I respect those callers so much. I actually created a guide that I send to every single person. And I literally have a part of my pre-approval process called an action plan. And in that action plan, it says, while, you know, normally within 24 to 48 hours, I'm able to get back and follow up for pre-approval, but it says, please allow seven to 10 days for an appointment for an action plan. And the reason why is because I want to help the person that is like me, but I do need them to be patient because while they're not ready, they've got to kind of work within my schedule so that I can give them the expertise they need. 
so that yes. they can plan. Well, now, instead of just saying no, uh, it, that's exactly, what happens. I don't instead say of just no. Say no. I yeah. say not yet. I yeah. never say no. I always say either not now or, and I always say when. I say not now, but maybe August. Not now, but next year. Because yes. if, if I think if the person I spoke to would have taken 10 minutes with me, if he would have just been clear and said, you know, Kat, I really want to help you. I'm crazy busy right now, but I, I want to help you. So do these three things for me. Get your, you know, W-2s together, your pay stub, this, this, and that. And I want, and your credit report, I want you to look at it. And I want you to take a look at it for yourself. And I want you to figure out what you can figure out. Here are a couple of resources that you can go look. You know what I mean? Just give me something. Yes. Because people don't have mm -hmm. anything. They're just Googling and talking to their friends. And the, the challenge with talking to friends, though, I think it's a great way. I talk to my peers, too. But is that there's so much information, you don't know what applies to you. Yeah. You don't know that that That's thing you're exactly looking at right. yeah. is for somebody else. You're like, I heard this. I heard that. I heard I can do this. I, but you, you know, you don't know what, you know. And, and no two loans are the same. Exactly. And just as far as, and, and one of the things that I think is great because um, on the loan officer side of things, um, the reality is, is that the majority of the mortgage industry um, is, is women handle the majority of the lending industry, but I'm going to share with you, not the majority of the loan officers. That's right. So the, and so there is something that's very different because uh, Catherine, and you like to go by Kat sometimes, but yeah. Kat and I are on the man side of the mortgage industry mm -hmm. because most of the mortgage industry, a lot of the women, they are processors, they're underwriters, they're drawing the docs and things like that. And so there's just, it's, it's interesting as far as um, the, the dynamics within our industry, because, you know, we'll hear, we can talk a little bit more about uh, women getting into business and what's, you know, the opportunities that we have as, because I mean, you, you work for guaranteed rate, which is a great company. I work for summit, which is also a great company. And yet the, there is a sisterhood with the women loan originators that Absolutely. is, it's very different and I'm yeah. not discounting my males. I mean, I'm, you know, past president, I was a past managing director for one of the e-women network chapters. And we very affectionately called the, the uh, males who were part of our chapter, they were emails. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, um, so love, can I, can I yes. say something to that? Absolutely. You said that? So you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes I can say when you've been in the industry for a while, you, you, you don't, I mean, obviously it's noticeable when you go into a room that there's like 20 women and 200 men in terms of the industry, yes. right? Yeah. Um, it's something where I think that there's a, definitely a place for us in the industry because I've had some men who would prefer to talk to a man, but believe it or not, um, most of my clients are women and most of my clients, if they're male, they, they have a significant other who's a woman or they prefer to speak to a woman. And they, and I'll tell you, they told me why not everybody. Why, right? why did they say that? What was the, what one was of them that? said, and I asked them because I had, I, I had, and I don't want to get into, you know, chauvinism and all that kind of stuff, yeah, because yeah. I, I don't think that that is, is, is where we're going, but cause I don't experience that a lot, but they said that I was probably the most detailed person they've spoken to. And there were, I just, I was able to dive into some of the things that they didn't think about because 
of just how my brain works, you know, just mm. as, as a woman, right? Yeah. We're very detailed. And so, you know, I dive into a lot of things and I care. So it's different talking to somebody mm -hmm. who becomes almost like a friend. Yes, you know, that, that was the thing is that they feel like I'm part of the family, you know, like yes. I'm a distant cousin or I, I had a client, this was um, like last year, I was talking to her and she said, I'm going to miss talking to you. Oh, and she's like, and I said, you're clear clothes, trying to close, you know, and she was like, and she got so quiet and she said, well, I'm happy. She said, but, but I'm going to miss you. And I was like, I told my husband, I was like, my client said she was going to miss me. And, 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 and I said, oh, you're going to miss me. And she's like, I feel like we talked so much through this process that we became friends. And I said, well, I, I want you to keep in touch with me, but that happens a lot. Well, that, that's huge. And that's a testament to as, as far as what you're doing. And, and this applies for not just the mortgage industry, but a lot of the people that listen to our show are entrepreneurs and are looking at building their business and things like that. And it's about the relationship and the connections. It's so Absolutely. critically important. So, so fast forward, how did you get into the mortgage industry? So you had the situation where you're working as a recruiter. Recruiter is a very lucrative job, also yeah. entrepreneurial in nature. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just, you know, the more, so I, I had to, of course, start with my credit. You know, I had the income. I even had a little money saved, but my credit was really the kind of my Achilles heel. You know, I couldn't mm -hmm. really go beyond that. And as I started, I, I actually looked up and said, oh, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, what's this, right? So I started reading it and I stumbled on the whole, if it's wrong in 30 days, removal and all that. And I remember I prayed, right? I said, God, you know, help me understand the things that I don't. Mm -hmm. And I kept rereading that little stanza, right? That just simply says, if it's an error, it will be deleted because it's a mistake. Because there were things on my credit report that I had paid, but my credit report looked as if I still owed them. And even though that bank had me on that, this check said, I got that resolved and I paid them and I just expected my report to be all cleaned up and it wasn't. So I started reading, reading, and I became so interested in this credit stuff and what I was kind of going through. And so the friend who wouldn't call me, who didn't call me back, I called him and asked for a job. I said, you know, I said, I, I want to, <laughs> I said, I said, I know, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I know you can help me with the loan and stuff. I said, but how do I do what you do? I said, I've learned. So I wanted to tell him everything I learned to make sure I was on track. Cause I didn't know, I didn't have uh -huh. any point of reference. So I called him when I said, I wanted to work for him. Then he was listening because he's like, well, she could make me money. Right. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he was thinking. Because he knew, I knew a lot of people. I was a recruiter. So I had a lot of clients with jobs, right? So I did. I had a great base. I had people with jobs. I knew what- well, that's, I, a, that's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew a lot of people that had great jobs. Now, I didn't know if they were homeowners, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's so many people I can call, right? So I called him up and I said, you know, uh, would you, he said, let me think about it again. He didn't call me back. So I, I did some research and I found a job at- um, a household, which was like a finance company, household finance. And, but it was like phone call loan officer, you know, call and, you know, do these loans for people. But I didn't, that thrill that I was getting kind of reading that financial stuff, I wasn't getting that there because it was all computerized and it was just, I, I didn't review financials. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was learning anything. Right. So I called him again and I said, I know you can't talk, 
I've got two people that want to do loans. Call me back. And he called me back. So I, I went in to meet with him. I said, what do I do? So the first thing he said is you got to learn how to do an application. I said, what's that? And, and this is, so just for our listeners, um, this is prior to loan officers being required to be licensed. Yes. Yes. So yes say, a lot of people don't understand yes. that licensing um, is, is actually relatively new in our yes. industry. Like the institution had to be licensed, but not the individual loan officer that you exactly. were doing business with. Yeah. So I didn't have to have critical. a license. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never, I always wondered how I could do all this stuff with finance and not have to be licensed. So I'm actually glad there's licensing. I, I'm, I am glad that there's licensing too. Of course, you're detail oriented like I am. And I would like to rewrite the test for what they yeah. have to do, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but that's another story. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, uh, I always wondered that that's, but then when the market crashed and stuff, I kind of saw kind of how that could happen because you have all these people that are not licensed, not licensed loans for people and they they see the money you can make. And so they're just kind of like stuffing people in these loans and they're not good loans for them. No, they're not. So, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I didn't do those types of loans. I did. You and I, well, when we first talked, we talked about those. There were these yeah. pick a pay loans and there were um, interest only, big, interest only, big negative. And, and I'm not saying that never on an interest only, and I'm not right. saying never on a pick a pay loan, right. but out of 100 loan applications, it might be appropriate for one. That's right. right. You know, yeah. and, yeah. It's, and not it, pop, it's not for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Or and, like, it, yeah. 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 And I knew a lot of people that did those kind of loans. And I just remember, and and Karen, there are probably a few things that you just won't do. And there, and I have, I have some of those, I actually have a lot of those things, but some of the things I won't do. One is I don't want to waste my client's time and I don't want to waste the professionals that are working with me. So, you know, for those of us that, for those that are kind of listening to this and trying to figure out if this is an industry that you, that they want to enter is that it, it can be very lucrative, but you can't let money be your motivation. Uh, no. Money was not my motivation. No. When I started really learning it, I, the excitement and energy and, and enthusiasm that came was because I was learning and I learned something that I thought could be beneficial to other people that I knew. And, and that drove me. I wanted to do good for people. I wanted to, to, to bring something to the table. You know, I wanted to bring something and say, guess what I know? Let me share this with you. And so I feel like God blessed that. Yes. That, I, that I is not that, yeah. my motivation. And I have turned loans down. I have sent people to other lenders. I have, I've even, I'm on, honestly, I've even done loans where I didn't get compensated for them because I felt like the person really needed my help to close and they needed, you know, a thousand dollars. And I was like, you know what, can I do this for no comp? Because they really. And then the to. lender and then, and with the LO compensation rules, that yeah. that has changed also. And you have to get yeah. permission to do that. But yeah. in, in times past um, loan officers, when we first started loan officers got paid, if they could sell you on a higher interest rate or right. another product that was paying more. And I just like, there was a lot of money and I am so grateful that like I, I know that during that time frame, because I started as an originator in 2000, and during that time frame leading up to the crash, there are a lot of people that were they were making truly they uh, honestly they were making a lot more money than me. But guess what? Those people and I can think of right now four or five that they got they they were good people, but they got lured away by just the money and 
they're no longer in the industry. And one person actually ended up, well, actually I know two that got arrested and one person has served jail time because they, they crossed that line. Mm-hmm. Never yeah, crossed see, the line. Yeah. You don't ever cross the line. And, 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 and I always say, uh, you know, there's a difference between helping someone and enabling them. Yes. And, um, you know, help isn't always giving somebody the answers. Like I tell my kids, I have a nine and 11 year old and, um, you know, my daughter said, mommy, you, you know, I asked you for help and you tell me to read, you know, you tell me to read this. Oh. And I said, and I said, I said, I tell you to read it because I see the answer. And I know that if you read it, you'll see it too. And I said, because me helping you is not giving you the answer. Ah. It's helping, it's putting you, it's giving you the direction to help you help yourself. Well, and, and it's really fun. I was talking to another friend of mine today. I love the power of Zoom and the calls and things like that. But I was talking to a friend of mine out of Colorado who owns a, actually a very, very, very large uh, counseling um, agency, a group of friends, group of counselors. And we were talking about, and I don't know if you uh, know this name, but there was a gentleman by the name of Dennis Waitley. Do you know that name? So Dennis Waitley, um, it's hard to believe that he is now, I mean, he's like 83 years old now, but he actually was a chairman. He was in charge of the Olympic sports committee, the psychology for psychologist for the Olympic sports. And most people that study psychology, they study people who are mentally ill. Mm. He focused his career after he got out of the air force on those that were really high performance behaviors. Mm. So, um, so he, he, so think about the Olympians. He's focusing on those that are the best of the best of the best in their industry. And one of those quotes that I came across today, which I'll have to share with your children and say, well, you know, Mrs. Fisher said, and I, this is, um, and I love this from him. I actually just pulled it up right now. It says the greatest gifts you can give your children are the roots of responsibility and the wings of independence. I love it. I thought it was just great. And he's got some other um, things that are there. So so within the mortgage industry, and um, we are actually at the top of the hour, I want people to understand that this is Karen Fisher. You're listening to our monthly broadcast of Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. And um, I am actually, uh, my special guest today is Catherine Okura. Okoro, Okoro, I'm saying it correctly, I'll I'll get this, also known as Kat, who is an amazing loan officer out of Illinois, the Chicago area for guaranteed rate, and we're talking about um, some of the things that I think is really important as far as with the industry, so both on the healthy, wealthy, and wise, so the wealthy piece of it, this is the thing that we know, people that um, don't have uh, their credit built up or maximize and understanding the algorithm of what that is, they pay more in fees yeah. and interest, number one. And then the wisdom on, on how you can use an understanding, like I, um, one of the things that, that I know that you share with the clients um, and I share with them too, is that, look, your credit score, um, it, it's the algorithm that is constantly being tweaked by the three major reporting agencies, which are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Um, the one thing that I do want our listeners to know, and I know that you know this because you're experiencing it um, you know, with your clients. I know you're experiencing it with your clients like I am, is identity theft is the absolute fastest rising crime in the entire United States, more than anything. I mean, it is 
it's horrific. The data breaches, you just, anybody can Google data breaches and you're going to watch your computer blow up from the Experian data breach to the IRS data breach to, I don't know, pick one. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I do have, so I, I had a client today actually that had her uh, tax returns filed. You mentioned something like that. In earlier. another state? Uh, yeah, by somebody else. Yes. And I told her, I said, the first thing you want to do is file a police report. Yes. People don't think about it. They're like, file a police report. I'm like, no, yes, file a police report yes. because otherwise it looks like you're in on it, right? Like if you really don't, you know, do what the due diligence yes. to take care of it and you, and there was some big refund issued or something in your name. And then you say, oh, it was identity theft. And then you just kind of let it go. It's like, well, man, do you know how important this is? You need to resolve that. You don't let yes. a, you know, somebody take your identity, file taxes, get a big refund. And then you just kind of, you know, you and, know, sit and back. And unfortunately, um, it has increased tremendously because what's happening, it's for the child tax credit that they're filing in multiple states. And um, what they will typically do is use a portion of correct personal information and then do it. So another, um, and I love to give uh, hot tips. One hot tip that I have for my clients and, and actually, I mean, I don't know, I will talk about what you do annually for your clients, but one of the hot tips that I have for my clients, I strongly feel that they should do a mortgage review every year. And the things that they, a couple of the things that they should check into, okay, first of all, let's see what's happening with your property values. And, you know, you might be able to get rid of mortgage insurance, you know, there might be some things that are doing. Uh, number two, you do definitely want to look at your credit report. Do you have a name or an address that's slightly off that does not belong to you? Have you, you know, and make sure that that gets corrected. Um, make sure that you're not listed as deceased in the credit reporting system. <laughs> right. That would be a good thing. Um, and the other is an insurance review because property values have jumped up tremendously. There may be people that are actually underinsured right now. And God forbid there should have like a fire or a loss or something like that. You want to make sure that you're protected. And then also, and this is a question, is Illinois um, a community property state? Uh, no, it's not. No, you're not. Okay. So what? Um, so the state of Arizona, we're community property. And um, so you get what's called a step up tax basis because you can actually take title as a married couple, you can take title as community property with rights of survivorship, meaning it doesn't go through probate and the stepped up tax basis, you actually in the estate, you pay 50% less tax on that. Wow. You know, it's like, no. So very, very interesting. So yeah, no, I can tell you, um, I know that. So our neighbor, like Indiana is a community property state. I mean, we, we only have, what, 20 or so more minutes on our call? Yes. So yes, we could so. have a whole different conversation yes, on how to take title, closing yeah. in a trust, you know, because... <laughs> the, the, the key is to get with experts. That's, one that's of the, right. That's the underlying yeah. piece of yeah. it. Yeah. And I, it's so funny. When I listen to myself, I'm like, my gosh, I feel so blessed and so fortunate because I have learned so much. And I, I made a promise. I don't know if you can see that thing behind me and it says, Catherine, you see it right yes. there on my shelf. Uh -huh. It says Catherine up there. Yes. And what does okay. it say? That actually is a sign to me. And it says, Catherine, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for life. Mm -hmm. I have two signs in my office that both say that because every time I have a conversation with someone, I have to, I, I remember it of course, but when I see it, it always, I always try to add, give uh, uh, something of value before I get off the phone. Yes. Like, that is kind of my thing is 
when you get off the phone with me, I need to know that you have walked away with something more than just an interest rate or yes. just here are the down payment assistance programs or, you know, yes, you can do these two things. You know, I want people to walk away with something that they couldn't otherwise get um, without somebody sharing it with them. That's huge. So, yeah. So I do. I, I'm, re I'm really, um, I'm really grateful for what I do because it has allowed me to change lives. So let's talk about this. This is the yeah. part that gets really exciting. So yes, we change lives every single day. We are the pathway to people's keys. I mean, that because I mean, think about it in the majority of the world, there are not private property rights. Okay. The majority of the world does not have, uh, actually, there's no other country that has the access to the capital and the ability to um, purchase private real estate with the way that we've got um, between FHA, VA, USDA, and the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans, you know, as far as what we're able to do. So um, let's talk about some of the things. Uh, one of the things that I really want to um, is, is to talk about as far as her financial literacy. So this is some things that are for individual borrowers, but also some things that are great for entrepreneurs in general. So some, what are some of your hot tips for somebody who is just getting started as far as their credit? Well, somebody who's just getting started, um, I usually like to send them to a place where they can actually get a FICO score. Because, you know, annualcreditreport.com is where you get the free credit report, but it doesn't give you the FICO score. So I usually suggest uh, like myfico.com or I put them in touch with a housing agency because housing agencies typically will get, provide a credit report that has the FICO scores. A lot of people like to use Credit Karma, Credit Sesame. There are hundreds of, you know, uh, consumer-based credit services. The problem is that when, when they get to us, right, when they actually get to the lender, their score is vastly different than what they saw on their own. And I don't think that's fair because some people, you know, they bank everything on what they got off Credit Karma. And then they call me and they're in tears because Credit Karma says my score is 750. You said my score is 632. I don't understand. Then we then they want to spend 15 minutes on. Can you explain uh, the difference? Arguing, yes. So, yeah. and so, um, I want to underscore what that difference is for our clients because all people, so a lot of people know that you've got three bureaus. There's actually more than three, but most yeah. people are aware of the big three, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. So you have those three bureaus and they have their three scores, but there's only certain, and I like the analogy that I use is think of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a brand. But under the Coca-Cola umbrella, you've got Dasani water, you've got Coke, you've got D Diet Coke, and you've got Sprite. Everybody would agree that they're all different products, but it's still the Coca-Cola brand. Yeah. So fast forward when it comes to FICO, let's talk about that because the very, very definition of what FICO is, of what they do, their business model, if you will, is to collect information about you and sell it to other people. That's their entire business model, okay? And so if you think about that, you've so then when you go into, as far as the FICO score piece is that, the, so you've got the three bureaus, but there's also three types of FICO scores. Mm -hmm. One, which is what we use, is the mortgage credit score. 
Right. Two, which is the consumer credit score. And that's what you see on Credit Karma or if you get it from your Discover card or mm -hmm. the likes of that. Um, that's for like automobiles and credit cards. Yeah. And then the third, which is, uh, you know, double secret probation. We're never going to tell you what goes into the mix is the insurance score. Mm -hmm. So um, and sometimes people are surprised that when they, they get go, an insurance score, they too. get an insurance quote and it's like like you talk about an industry that I can't figure out. It's the well, insurance industry. Can I just tell you this? I um, recently got updated insurance and I got, I, I got a really good uh, premium, but I had to go to an insurance broker. So I, but I, I didn't understand why. So the insurance broker says you have, you have, um, you know, 25, uh, um, what do you call it? Claims. I was like, what? Claim? I don't, yeah, yeah. I said, I don't have 25 claims. I don't claim anything. He said, this is a friend of mine. You know what he told me? He says, every time you call to find out if something is a claim, they log you that you've made a claim. Anytime you, he said, and they, and I said, what kind of claims do you have? And he said, you got locked out of the car. I said, yeah, we had one key for like eight years. And so we, we paid like this, um, fee and, and they would do it for free. It was a part of our insurance. He said, no. He said, every time you got locked out of the car and need them to open your door, that was a claim. And I oh said, that God. was a claim. So I found out that if you call your insurance company, even to ask if something would be a claim or not, you're actually registered as if you have a claim. You know, that, that happened. That happened to me personally. I was doing laundry at five o'clock in the morning. That's the life of a, a mom and a mortgage banker. Yeah. Um, and um, I lost the diamond out of my ring. <gasps> oh, yes. You know, so of course, at that time, I call my mom. You'll love this. I call my mom. And I am like, that said, I shouldn't be doing laundry at five o'clock in the morning. She's like, you know, okay. But uh, all I wanted to know is, is there a way like if you've lost it, you know, it's not metal. It's not going to do a metal detector. Is there a way to find it? And yes, they did log that as a claim. And I never filed a claim. Right. The, you just the, called, the, right? Yeah. Just a phone call. So that's interesting to know. Yeah. I um, didn't know that. I got locked out of my car all the time. I called when I got locked out of the car. I called when I had a flat tire. I mean, I don't know how to change a tire. I got, I mean, I call. You don't know I, how to change a tire? I, I mean, oh I know, look, can... I know the part, but I don't, I mean, <laughs> like my husband don't change the tire. I know, right? It's like, hmm, you don't change the tire. No, I didn't. So my husband don't usually like change the tires. He's usually with me. But when I had the kids and they were little, I wasn't, I didn't, I was nervous about leaving them in the car and being outside, you know, changing the tire. I, yeah. I don't know. Mom so then to have the separate thing like AAA, which yeah. uh, again, um, I know how to change a tire. My dad, he used to love to tinker on cars and he decided that I should learn. And now I don't want to be a mechanic, uh, but that I should learn to change the transmission and the oil and change all the tires. You know how to do all of that? I know how to do all of that. Wow. Doesn't mean I... I that doesn't mean that I want to do it. I also, <laughs> I also, I also know how to eat better and lose weight and I'm not doing that either. So, <laughs> so, but, so um, well, let's, let's talk about some more as far as some of the other things, because you, you are teaching and we can put some of this information in the chat, but you do teach financial literacy. And I want to talk about your goal for 2021 and what we can do to help you and collectively do this because this is the part out of the article from MPA magazine, the, uh, the online uh, mortgage professional, um, is uh, to educate 10 
thousand people about their money. Tell me why that, because that seems to be a mission and you're teaching all over. And I, I've taught at, um, and for my listeners that are here in Tucson, um, I've taught at the high school level. Um, and uh, we're very, very grateful that the state of Arizona, our treasurer has, uh, I think I was sharing with you that she created a program between the private sector and the public sector, as far as the schools and financial literacy is now required in our high schools in Arizona, Really, um, that's which really good. that's, that has, um, that just got started. So we have a whole bunch of people that, you know, they graduated and they don't have that. Um, so tell me more about the, the 10,000. Well, so what's so cool is I, I, so, I mean, if I surpass that, I'm happy with that. You know, I do like, you know, there's the only way I can really teach 10,000 people is of course this way. Right. Because, you know, there's no in-person classes really that I'm doing, but, um, so far I'm probably at about 2,500 people. Um, cause I look at, I look at the views, I know what I'm talking about. And then I look at the views and I see who's, you know, so I probably need to aim for more like 15,000, just so I make sure that one person isn't listening to something five times, you know, got it. Okay. But, right. But next month, well, actually tomorrow starts April 1st. So in April, I have so many events happening and, uh, and I actually, and you're have, doing them virtual. Yeah. They'll all be virtual. virtual events. Yeah. So what I would suggest it's actually, I was going to show you something too. I have here. You see these cards? Oh, Red. very good. Okay. So she, what she's showing me on, on the Zoom is we've got, oh, return on these cards. Did you create those or do you? No, I didn't. So, oh, this one's upside down. So I, I wanted to show this. That is awesome. So no, I didn't, I did not create this. This is uh, the Millionaire Bootcamp. And uh, I, I watch a lot of people online that are teaching financial literacy. And I think why reinvent the wheel? I'm actually a uh, guaranteed rate. We're actually uh, ha- are very intentional right now creating a financial literacy series. And um, I'm going to be teaching. Well, I can't say I'm the only one, but I'm definitely going to be one that takes it, take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and really take it on the show, take it, take a, do a road show yes. um, and teach about the different facets of e- economics as it relates to home ownership, not to get loans, but to educate people, because I think that the biggest thing about financial literacy is that I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? I'm not just an information giver. I want mm-hmm. that the information that I'm giving people, they can use it to do something with. That was the challenge that I had when I worked for City Colleges. My job there, I was, a, I was the first financial coach there. And my only job was really to educate people about their credit. I went from class to class and I did a radio show on campus talking about financial financial uh, literacy. And uh, it was the most, it was the biggest event that the college had ever had. And they were, they were like, what is this event? We were, we were, we talked about credit. Everybody asked random questions. Um, There were, there was a student activity center. It was packed. There were students lined up in the hallway. And so I'm not surprised that you have this going on in Arizona. And that is so much interest because People want to know. And I, I wish that there were classes like this when I was in high school because I would have taken it because I would have wanted to know ahead of time versus going through all the hardship and all that stuff. And then, though I think it was part of my plan for me to be where I am, mm-hmm. but I, I, this is what I, how I teach my kids financial literacy. I love so it. They have a quiz at home and they can tell you what ROI is and equity and stuff like that because they know what mommy does. 
And when we pay our bills or different expenses, we talk to them about it. My kids comparative shop. Uh, we go to the store. We want to know, we make them do uh, mental math. So we make them do money, money math in their head all the time. So if they're at the register and we say, okay, this was eight bucks, it cost this, whatever, what should our change be? And we want the answer before we get the receipt. You know, so we're kind of hardcore like that. And so our kids, like they don't have calculators and we need to see what, if they need a calculator at some point, um, what they're using it for. Because I think one of the reasons that creates sharpness financially is doing things in your head. Because sometimes you go places, people talk to you, they talk fast, not because they're fast talkers, you know what I mean? but because they know what they're talking about and you don't. So you could very easily. Yes. So I make it a point to make sure that as I'm educating, I'll do the videos. Um, I want people to email me if that's okay. Um, you know, to my, uh, they can email me to katherine.okoro at rates.com um, and simply just ask for my schedule. The classes are not all set yet because we're waiting for the curriculum to be completed. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I get invited to do things like this all the time. And I think that how whoever watches this is going to learn something from us that they're going to walk away with. So you're already helping me do that. Well, and just to, to get the information out there, one of the things that I've done, you know, is to um, ask our clients um, to you know, as far as their children and even their grandchildren, like, let's get this information ahead of time. What is that loan? <laughs> it says loan. It loan. Says loan. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. But to get that information um, and, and I, and, and it's funny when I was teaching in the high school, so the teachers kind of would give me a funny look and they said, um, I said, you know, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There is a number that is, more important than your ACT or your SAT scores throughout your life. And they're like, people are looking at me and I'm like, and it's your FICO score. And I'm going to give you the combination. I do, uh, I do want people to hear this. This has been a fun thing for me to teach our daughter um, and, and, and their math whizzes. My, our daughter, um, my son-in-law is graduating with his doctorate in mathematics and Allison will be graduating with her doctorate in mathematics too. So they, they get the math piece of it. But one of the things that we talk about is uh, the combination. And this is what I tell them. It's two, 31, seven. Oh, and, and people, I'm going to repeat that. It's two, 31, seven. And this is the formula. It's two years to build your credit. People think it's a long time, but it's 31 days to destroy it. It's one missed payment yeah. and it's seven years technically to clean it up. Yeah. And so talking to my high school students and, and letting them know and saying, look, I don't ever want to hear you coming back and say, I didn't know because I'm telling you right now and I make them write it down two thirty one seven. And no, I, um, I love that. I love you need to kind of frame that. Uh, yes. And have people say, what is that? And you say, oh, yes. so, oh, you want to know what that is? And then you just explain. Oh, I love that idea. So I, I will use that. I, I have a fun thing. I call it R&D, which is rob and duplicate. You know, <laughs> we do some, some R&D. So um, in, in terms of some, some other things that are going on. So let me, so um, share with me, um, you know, um, you talk about you're a black woman and a majority, you know, uh, I mean, we talk about women being majority and then also black women, 
Tell me. Oh, um, there's tons of us in the tons industry. Of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You walk in there. Yes. <laughs> well, I can tell you when I started, um, one thing I would have to say is I probably, I went to one of the best high schools in Chicago. I went to Lane Tech High School. And uh, I, so I, people like to say, oh, you're a lane brain, you know, a so lane brain. Lane, is that what they, like, yeah. yeah, they call it a lane brain and lane tech is actually one of the best high schools in Chicago. And I, I would honestly say it was where I got my, um, my dose, my first dose really of being in a diverse environment. And, uh, because I went to predominantly African-American elementary schools and, um, and then I went to lane tech. And that was the first time that I had actually really went to school with uh, students from all over the world, not just different neighborhoods, but different countries, yes. you know? And, um, and so I've never been a person to go into an environment and feel like, uh, I, de I definitely knew that I would stand out, you know? And I'm also tall, like you don't know that I'm sitting here, I'm five, five, ten and a half. So uh, well, and I'm short. Someday I'll be five feet. I'm, I'm convinced. I'm not even five feet tall. <laughs> so, so I would say, hi, Karen. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, um, like this. <laughs> right. so, um, but so, so when I went into the mortgage industry, I, my, the friend that I called, he was um, Hispanic, right? So he was, you know, he was Hispanic, you know? Uh, and then when I went and I said, you know, I need to go get some training because he didn't have time to help me when I was trying to buy. And then when I worked for him, I never got to that part. When I worked for him, he was too busy to train me. So I was oh, like, oh. that's just it. Yeah. 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 I was like, I think I need to find somebody who has more time to train me. So uh, no love loss or anything, but I, I definitely knew that I needed to get, do something different. So I, I, I started out working at a bank called, well, I don't want to say the name of the bank, but anyway, I started working at this bank and the gentleman that came to meet me was a white man. And uh, I met him in a, in a, in a, I saw it, you know, they're hiring. And I said, I, I have two years experience kind of right now. I've been part-time for about like a year and a half, two years. And um, he interviewed me. I didn't have a client. I didn't have loans in my briefcase or anything like that. I just, I had a lot of ideas. And I, the number one thing I told him is that I think I can grow this business if I educate people. And this is how I would do it. And I literally had a spreadsheet of all the ideas that I had and how I was going to grow this business. And, and believe it or not, I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I can tell you his name though. His name is Bill Sullivan. I respect him, love him. Uh, I, and I called him and I asked him, I said, Bill, why did you hire me? I didn't have any loans or anything. He said, cause you have what exactly what I see right now. He said, you had the energy, you had the drive, you had the passion. He said, I could hire anybody. He said, but I believe that you would do well. And he said, I am so proud of you, you know, oh. I was me on the phone crying, you know, because I said, well, I didn't have any loans, Bill, but you believed in me. He said, I absolutely did. And I still do. So, um, I, uh, I went to the, but first he had the capacity to train you. Yeah. There was training. He, did. Yeah. He, he was great. And, and actually what I teach my kids, Bill taught me, he said, I remember asking him about something. I said, can we do a loan where this is this? He goes, did you read the guidelines? And I said, what guidelines? And he goes, the, the ones that are in your, I was like, oh, okay, let me go look at them. You know, and I would go look at them and I would read it and I would find, I said, Bill, I found out this. He was like, okay, good. And then I go ask him again. He goes, did you read your guidelines? And I'm like, ah, oh, let me go read my guidelines, you know, cause I just wanted him to give me the answer, right? Yes. He mm -hmm. would never give me the answer. And he said, and now look at how dynamite you are. And I was like, you made me teach myself. <laughs> you know, yes. you made me go figure it out. And he goes, yeah. He said, and now 
there's probably nothing that anybody could ask you that you wouldn't know or know yeah. where to go. To well, get and this is the key. And this is huge for all entrepreneurs, because there's one of the things that happens with entrepreneurs, whether you're in the lending industry or any business, it doesn't matter, is... Um, and, and I'm reading a really great book. That, have you heard of um, the, a gentleman's name by the name of Dan Sullivan on Strategic Coach? No. Strategic mm -mm. Coach. To, well, I've got to give you, I got to get you this book, but Strategic Coach is really huge. And Dan's just published a book. It just came out called um, Who, Not How. Mm. Okay. And so one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs have within their business and it's also true no matter what you're trying to do, but let's just talk about entrepreneurs is they somehow think that they're supposed to have all of the answers and they somehow think that um, being, being cooperative isn't, um, isn't, you know, like they're trying to hide their secrets type of thing. Whereas um, what he's talking about, you know, if you, you know, find somebody who is an expert in whatever it is that you want to do. So for example, if you want to publish a book, don't spend your whole time trying to figure out how to learn the publishing world, find out somebody who's an expert in that world. And I'm, I'm telling you people just like with us, you and I are experts in the lending world. Our borrowers and other people can come to us and we are going to gladly share our knowledge with them. It doesn't, that's, that's just the way that it is. But, you know, how to manage your finances, what we see, because think about it, you know, what we're able to see. And so the who's and not how's, I think is really, really critical. And for the entrepreneur that thinks that they need to have it all figured out or that they have to do it solo, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, it's, it's a, you might grow, but you're not going to grow fast and you're not going to grow exponentially. Yeah, no, I agree 110%. Um, I think that um, one of the things you probably ran into this as well was when people ask you questions that they should ask their attorney or they should ask their real estate broker. And, and it's because they don't know who does what and what we really do. So I think one of the things that I would advise people is when you ask, you know, a lot of people will say, well, where do you think I should buy a house? Or, and I said, well, that's where your real estate broker comes in. The reason why I ask what neighborhood are you looking in or whatever is because I want to look at the numbers. I want to look at the average, you know, sales prices and I want to look at the taxes. I want to help you figure out what you can afford. So me asking that question is because I'm looking for something different for you. Not because I want to tell you to go buy over here. Now, I will say that as a lender, a lender is a great resource to ask, hey, what are you seeing in the market in terms of appraisals? And, you know, um, are these, it, there's a lot of bidding wars going on right now. I'm not sure what's happening in your market, but in Chicago, Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody's overbidding for properties. And I say, mm -hmm. you know, this is where the lending process can work for you because we do get an appraisal. And even though you won the bid, uh, it still needs to appraise. So mm -hmm. you bid, you know, 380 on something that probably is 320. It doesn't, I mean, unless you're going to pay the $60,000 difference, we're not going to lend you that because we know you're overpaying. Yes. So I think just understanding what we do and our expertise and why when you have us on the phone or you're talking to us, you really need to pick our brains on how to help you, one, make the best financial decision, two, understand the market, and, and three, how the lending process works for you. Like it actually could help you.
Yeah, and absolutely. And one of the things, like even as far as with their appraisals, the one thing that I remember when the market crashed, and now I'm, you know, uh, likewise talking as the market is exploding, mm -hmm. is that there are properties that are not appraising, but appraisers need, you have to understand what an appraiser does. They're always looking at historical data. Mm -hmm. And so your best resources, I mean, you might technically be in Arizona right now, people are paying above appraised value because you just can't get caught up. But yeah. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have actually addressed that, that if there's a recent comp that even after your appraisal has been done, we can use another comp after the fact, which is very, very different. Okay. Yeah. That was not typically the case, but when the market was crashing, I, I know a lot of people that got really, really hurt because they said, well, I have an appraisal at this. My property appraised at 400. Yes, but your realtor's telling you that's not going to sell for more than 350. Well, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on. And in some cases, depending upon where you were, they lost 50% of the value of their homes. It was yeah. bad in that time frame. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's hard to believe that we are at the end of our hours. Okay. Um, I just, I, I want to, you know, I just want people to know, first of all, we'll make sure that they can get all of your contact information. And then in terms of your classes, do you charge for your classes? It no. or depends on what it is. No. So, um, it, de I, it depends on what it is, but, but I try to get, I get, I try to get the people with the big bucks to pay for stuff, you know, okay, there you go. There you <laughs> yeah, go. I try to get those people to pay for stuff. Cause I like to educate and I, and I do think that charging a cost is even a high cost keeps some people out of the room yeah, and I, I want as many people in the room as possible. So I don't charge for my class. Well, and I, and I, I'm glad to hear that because I just really think that there is, if we can, if we can help to educate people collectively and, um, and understanding there's a lot of people that have gotten hurt tremendously with the COVID crisis, they've gotten hurt financially, but what they might not be aware of is all of the remedies that they can help to, I, you know, through the CARES Act to protect their credit and to do some of the things that are there and what to do. And then, um, so with, it, I just, I want to just express from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, um, this course, is just you. the beginning of things. We'll get an opportunity to uh, to follow up and to do some more things. And, and if, what is it just in terms of, um, and I, and I love how you are, uh, as far as with your kids, I just, uh, you, you make me laugh because it reminds me that I would have Allison. I would always say she was had such a quest for knowledge and I would never, she would ask the most random questions yeah, and yeah. like, okay, I remember one in particular, how slow can an airplane fly? Good wow. question. And yeah. you know what? We would say, I don't know, but let's find out. And I would yeah. encourage uh, my clients to all say that. I don't know, but let's find out. But check the source of the source. That's you know, right. um, I, I, I just think that some people are uh, reaching out to their friends or to other loan officers, not, not other loan officers, but like maybe to their friends or to uh, co-workers that are not in the business, or maybe they were I, in the business 20 okay. years ago. Yeah. Can I say something to that? Absolutely. I, the, you just say, you just say the most amazing things. And I'm like, oh man, I don't, you know, we could be talking for five hours, Karen. Yes, you know. <laughs> yes we could. When we had our first conversation. We were on the phone for 45 minutes and yes, we didn't we know were. each other. <laughs> so that's exactly right. I, I you told know, you. As yeah, I said, I, my sister from another mister. That's how That's that right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, uh, 
I was thinking about, um, you asked me about being a black woman in this industry mm-hmm. and the, 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 what I wanted to get to was I, you know, Bill hired me and everything. I remember going to my first conference and I was the only black person in the room of 14,000 loan officers. Oh my that gosh. was, that was the first time that I realized that there were not a lot of black people, professionals in lending. Because I thought, you know, in my little office, I was the I was the only woman and I was the only black woman. And there were three white gentlemen, great, great guys. They were awesome. And um, but I just thought, you know, that's just us, right? But then when I went to this conference and saw these loan officers from all over the country, I noticed that I was the only black person in the room <laughs> that was wow. a lender. I was not a processor or I had actually have never been a processor before. Some people that's kind of the journey is their process. Yeah, they started as a processor. I was always a lender. So I, I do think that's different as well because I do think being a processor is helpful. I used to chase conditions, you know, like get things that, you know, yeah. but I, I don't do that anymore, but I, but, but I, I'm grateful for that training because I actually know, I know how to put a file together. Yes, know, absolutely. You know, yeah. I know what's necessary to talk about. I know what to write on the explanations. I know, you know, that kind of stuff. But the thing that I would want to leave this conversation with is one is I would tell people that slow and steady always wins the race. Yes. And I w- I was not thinking that way 20 years ago. I definitely think that way now, especially having children, but slow and steady always wins the race. And it's not about, it's not about uh, how much money you make. It's about how much money you keep. Uh, yes, ma'am. It's exactly. About how much you keep. Yeah. And the last thing is that I would say, always, always pray and always stay in tune with who you are. Don't try to pretend that you're somewhere you're not and, and, and about, you know, keep people around you that definitely keep you motivated, but also, you know, ask questions, ask questions of the professionals and realize that even though your friends probably have gone through something similar, if they're not going to share their income with you, their credit with you and all that, there's a good chance that they're leaving out some things that they don't want to share. Yes. And so if you don't trust me, then find somebody that you do. Yes, but absolutely. Find a professional that you trust who advises you. Your friends are great, but if they're not telling you that their credit score was this or that they only had this much money in the bank or whatever, then questioning the lender is not usually the best course of action. It would be listening to the lender and determining if that is the lender that you can work with and that um, that kind of gets you, right? That understands where you are and wants to help where you're going because there are lenders that just push buttons and that just want to push through the process. Yeah, they just push you through the process. They They're not looking through. at what's in their best interest, literally or figuratively. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. really that's really what I want to say is that slow yes. and steady wins the race, that you can house hack and everybody's house hack. Let's do this. I want to buy everything. And I think that's great, but I'm like, you're going to lose your shirt. I, I've had clients, believe it or not, who have bought a building. As soon as they closed, they went and bought this $80,000 truck. Oh, dear. $80,000 truck because they felt like they made it, you know? And I said, you don't understand. I said, that was just the beginning. But now you've got an $800 truck payment. 
well, at least I'm out of that process. I'm like, yeah, but but that's another mortgage. You could have bought another building. Another building right? for that. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. But but I, I hope we can talk again. Well, and hey, um, just in closing, and, and I just, I would really like to, um, I would I would really like to encourage because I know that uh, guaranteed rate and certainly Summit Funding, we are both hiring. Um, we, and there is absolutely room for every, every race, every, That's right. everything. I mean, and, and the one thing that I love about this industry is that as a woman, there is no glass ceiling and it, the, I can, I can go what I can do, whatever I want within yeah, the mortgage exactly. industry, as long as I'm following the letter of the law. Right. That's right. That's so, right. Anyhow, well, um, this is, I'm going to close with one more Dennis Waitley quote, just because he's on my mind today. And this is a great thing to think about. And this is what we're doing by financial literacy. This is his quote, change the changeable, accept the unchangeable and remove yourself from the unacceptable. I love it. Darn good. So without yeah. any further ado, you have been listening to Healthy, Wealthy and Wise and um, Catherine, um, do you prefer to be called Catherine or Cat? Either way, as the, the college is going to sign up for some of your classes. Oh, absolutely. So I have them, you know, reach out to me and I'll let them know when they are. But as soon as we get the rest of our series together, we're going to take our show on the road. Virtually, I love it. But on the road. And uh, hopefully we'll make a lot of homeowners, but we'll also educate a lot of people. And whether they work with you or me or anybody, it doesn't they'll matter. definitely Just, go in more. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They'll go in more prepared and we'll change the world. It will be awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hang Thanks, on. Mark.